Welcome to the Real Life Wellness Podcast with Mary Preston and Kisa Amaro, where we talk about different ways to integrate healthier habits into your life. Welcome back, friends. I'm Kisa Amaro, certified health coach, and I work with ambitious moms to help them get control of their food cravings so that they can maintain a healthy weight without deprivation or complicated meal plans. And hello, hello. I'm Mary Preston, and I am a licensed psychotherapist and a life coach, and I work with mental health professionals who are experiencing burnout. And just a reminder that my six-week program is being revamped. Yes. So working working with the tech team, it's going to be super amazing and easy to access. In the meantime, you can still work with me. Um, it just won't be the fancy, fancy online. Fancy dancy. Fancy dancy online. But let me tell you a little bit about the course. It focuses on the key aspects of burnout and gives you really concrete action steps to take each week to get yourself feeling passionate and energetic about your work again. Um, because whenever I ask anyone about burnout, they tell me that they took a vacation or a retreat, which are fabulous ways to mm-hmm. feel a little relief and get some stress reduction. Um, but I do want to teach you that there are steps that you can take right now without necessarily taking a flight to Hawaii or the Bermudas. Um, because sometimes you go on vacation, you come back and your job is the same exact yeah. job that you left. Yeah. So things you can do right now to feel good about your job and feel less stressed. Mm -hmm. So if you have questions about this course, any of our programs, the podcast, anything about health and wellness, come join us in the Real Life Wellness, excuse me, Wellness (laughs) Podcast with Mary and Kisa Facebook group. Um, And just, you know, just want to say I'm a little stuffed up and sick. So if I wander a bit today, (laughs) pull me back on track, Kisa. Pull me back on track. Oh, well. Oh, man. (laughs) Okay, guys, I have something exciting for y'all. I'm going to be launching my Transform Your Cravings online program where we will take you beyond the nutrition to help you get control of your cravings and develop a healthy relationship with food and yourself. In this program, I address a key component that is missing in most weight loss and diet programs, and that is your emotional relationship to food. By diving deep into this topic, you will learn what the root cause of your cravings are, develop tools to reduce them, and arm yourself with strategies to help you allow cravings when they come calling. If you would like some more information or want to get on the wait list for my next session, just email me at kisa.amaro at gmail.com. And my first name is Mm K-E-Y-S-A dot A-M-A-R-O. And we'll get you on the list or give you some more information. Whatever. Get on that list. <laughs> okay, friends, on to our topic of the day, which is addressing our fear of fat. In other words, fat is not the enemy. Hmm. That is not the enemy. It isn't. So today we are going to share with you why we as a society believe fat is bad. Losing weight doesn't fix the problem. What we assume about fat people. Um, Mary's story and her own fear. I will talk to you about that. Yeah. Um, Using the word fat as a put down, name calling, derogatory term, Um, fat as important and necessary and our fixation on body size, as well as five different ways to evaluate your health that don't have to do with your weight, which is awesome. Which is fabulous. Yes. So excited Mary, talk about to this us. podcast. So excited about this podcast because yeah. 
Can I, can I just share something real quick? Yeah, absolutely. We kind of um, decided to do this because I mean, we, we've been talking about, you know, um, you know, fat as, you know, not being, it's not a bad thing. Right. But then I just remember asking Mary, you know, I was like, you know, I like, there's days when I just feel fat, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, I wonder if like, does everybody feel that? And I like, I remember asking my husband, I'm like, do you ever wake up and you just feel fat and like none of your clothes fit and you're just blah. And he's like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Does this happen to other people? You know? So I was asking, talking to Mary about it and she's like, yeah, let's do a podcast on this. Let's, let's, let's dive into it and see what the fuss is about or, you know, what this is all about. Yeah. Sometimes and just fat in general. So. Yeah, fat in general, because I mean, it's very convoluted. We'll talk a little bit about it, but yeah. I've been getting really passionate about it recently. Yeah, Mary's super um, into it. <laughs> all the I am. I'm super into it. <laughs> um, and, you know, we have, we've dressed, uh, we briefly addressed the fact that fat is not our enemy in a few of our previous podcasts. I know you've heard me say it, mm-hmm. uh, but we really just wanted to dive into it in detail here. Um, and in this podcast, we're really talking about fat in our bodies and on our bodies. Um, although I'm all about the right kinds of fat in our food as well. Um, it's fantastic and useful and good for us, but today we're talking about fat on our bodies. Right. So the question is, why are we so afraid of fat? Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Have you ever (laughs) seen the memes? Um, I, God, I love this one. You ever seen the meme, the cartoon where a person goes to the doctor with like an arm missing or with like a spike impaling them? And the doctor gives them advice to lose weight. <laughs> Sadly, the reason this is funny um, is because it is an exaggerated version of what happens to the humans in the doctor's office constantly. Yeah. First thing you do when you walk into a doctor's office is take your blood pressure and step on a scale. And in my lifetime, I have had so many doctors tell me that losing weight will make me feel better. And that's a problem for two reasons. Um, one, I wasn't ever that overweight. Even when I look back at pictures from when I was younger, like the point in my life when I, I feel like I was at my biggest, Mm -hmm. I wasn't really that big. And so doctors telling me that losing weight in that moment would like fix all my problems. That's an issue. Mm -hmm. And, um, two, losing weight was never going to solve the migraines I was getting that were direct related to the diet sodas I was drinking. Mm. I was drinking diet sodas because I thought they were going to help me lose weight. Um, right. So losing okay. weight isn't going to make those go away. It wasn't going to cure my depression mm-hmm. or my anxiety. And it certainly wasn't going to fix the crushing trapped feeling I was having because of the financial situation I put myself in. <laughs> <laughs> right, most of the time, this was around mm-hmm. when my husband and I had bought, um, uh, uh, what's the word? An apartment in Hawaii. Yeah. Yes. A condo in Hawaii. And, um, you know, all of our money was going into our mortgage. Yeah. Uh, losing weight, not going to fix that. It, was, it wouldn't? No, I really wish it would, right? But that's kind of the hope. Yeah, right, it weight. is. I'll fix that. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and listen, I love our doctors. I love, I love our medical professionals. They do a job that I could not do. They have to know so much information. The problem comes because they can't know everything, but we expect them to. And there's a reason that there are specialists, right? Every part of our body is a highly complicated piece of machinery. And we need both doctors who can recognize the big picture and those who know the tiny little details of like how your toes work. Mm -hmm. We need all of the different doctors. 
Um, so when we go to the doctor's office, sometimes we expect that they're experts on everything that comes out of their mouths. But a lot of times, sadly, they're not experts in nutrition, um, unless that's their specialization, right? Um, they get a few hours or one class of nutrition courses, and they're taught much of the same generalized misinformation that the rest of society learns, right? All of that stuff that we know, they're right. like, you know, there's a war on obesity. We have to lose weight to be healthy. And to do that, we need to eat less and exercise more. That's it. Right? Solves all our problems. So easy. <laughs> so, so easy. easy. So simple. <laughs> but have you ever taken a look at what happens in our stomachs? Like in our digestive tract, in our hormonal system, in our lymphatic system? I took a class on the biology of cells once. And each one, it's like it, it's, like its own little universe in there. And so to believe that our bodies are as simple as fat is bad and calories in, calories out is all there is, uh, it's laughable. Mm -hmm. right? Like we've, we've simplified this in a way that it's, it's just crazy. Um, and so we've been taught for a very long time that fat is bad, not just fat on your body, but fat is food. And we've talked about that before. Um, and it comes from our parents, our media, our government, our doctors, the very people that are supposed to give us a plan to health, the people that are supposed to help us figure out how to feel better, are telling us that losing weight will solve basically all of our problems. Um, and just doing a little Googling, um, it was in 1977 that our government came out with a statement that we needed to eat less fats so that we could be more vigorous. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> I, had to, vigorous. I had to put this in here because, you know, as a... As a nation, we needed to show the rest of the the rest of the nations that uh, that we were a vigorous society. <laughs> okay. And so they based this whole directive off of the incorrect idea that fat was making us fat. Made a whole bunch of laws, and you know, and said things, and gave us directions. And ever since those times, we've been taking it out of all of our food and trying to fight it off of our bodies. Right now, we've got this yeah. idea that fat is bad. Mm hmm. And then in our schools, we're fighting this war on obesity. You know, you hear about the obesity epidemic and um, schools teach us about, quote unquote, healthy food and exercise habits and starting at a really young age to warn us about fat on our bodies. I can't tell you how many kids come through my office um, where either their parents or themselves, they're worried about how big they are, how much fat they have, what they're eating, how much they're exercising. And, you know, I get it if, if somebody is like really overweight, like there's maybe something going on, but I'm like, why are you thinking about that? Yeah. You know, they're so young. Yeah. You have so many other things you should be thinking of. Mm -hmm. And in the mainstream media, of course, it's just accepted. Um, it's just an accepted fact that fat is bad. No one even questions that anymore. Uh, they just assume it's the truth and give us a thousand ways to get rid of it, which is very convenient, mm -hmm. right? Because then we give them yeah. our money. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, that's, yeah, it's like a marketing tactic. Yeah. Well. Oh, fat is bad. So let me show you how to get it off your body and you just give me your money. It's great. Yeah. And then they show you people with, you know, 5% body fat. <laughs> right. Or they show what you should look like, oh God, those commercials with like the shrinking waists, like the cartoon <laughs> shrinking waists. I don't know. Those yeah. Kind of yeah. Um, and then I shared with Kisa recently, I was just kind of looking up like, um, what were my search terms on the Google? Like, why is fat bad? Or what does fat do for us? And of course, like the doctors came up because the doctors is a really popular show. 
And the whole premise was, uh, you know, the importance of getting a leaner body because it's healthier for you. Anyway, mm. it's all over. It's all over the media. And honestly, right now you might be thinking, well, duh, fat is unhealthy. That is why they tell us this. Mm-hmm. I am here to tell you, friends, that that is not true. Fat is not an alien life form that has attached itself to you against your will. <laughs> Which sounds funny, but I kind of feel like when I wrote that, I was like, I kind of feel like, like yeah. I think about when, like when my belly gets big, like something has attacked me and like something insidious is happening. Mm-hmm. The truth is it's a just like, it's just biology, mm-hmm. right? It's like just a biological system that is really important and integral to our body's functioning. Yeah. And there's a really large variance in how much fat is totally fine on your body, especially Mm -hmm. if you have no other health issues. And even when there are health issues and excess fat on your body, losing weight doesn't fix that problem. And here's the important thing. The fat on your body is not the problem. Excess fat is always a symptom of something else and ignoring other health factors and focusing on weight loss is pretty dangerous. Yeah. It's not... It's not the root cause of no. the problem, right? Like it's just a symptom. Fat doesn't, right? Like it's not an alien invader. It's like <laughs> something's going on. Even though it makes it's there. <laughs> so if I'm depressed and I'm using food as a coping mechanism and that's the reason that I've gained weight, then dieting or like restricting my food intake, right? Like really low calories without addressing my depression that creates a yo-yo like weight gain, weight loss effect. And a lot of times dieting to fix emotional health can result in a really dangerous, unhealthy relationship with food. Right. Like for sure. For sure. Skinny doesn't make my depression go away. No. You know, then I'm just any emotional problem. Right. And it, it doesn't help me with handling my emotions. And Mm -hmm. another one where there's a lot of people who um, have PCOS or endometriosis or um, Mm -hmm. other issues that mess with the hormones. And sometimes these things cause weight gain and calorie restrictive dieting without addressing PCOS or underlying hormonal complications is really difficult. Mm -hmm. And it creates severe frustration, negative self-talk, feelings of inadequacy, um, failure to lose weight because that's like hormones are happening. It's not because you're eating too much. Right. And over and over again, stopping and starting different diets. Right. So you can't just diet PCOS away. No. And then if I find my job to be extraordinarily stressful, if I feel inadequate or under recognized, if I feel overworked or unappreciated, if I don't have good boundaries or I have difficulty saying no, if I don't have a practice of speaking up or advocating for myself and I use fo- food to cope with all of that, mm-hmm. can't, can't diet that away, folks. <laughs> mm-hmm. right? I need to address what's right. going on in my life. Losing weight is not going to fix any of that. And if my relationship is lacking in connection or intimacy, romance, love, and because of that, I'm using Netflix chips and ice cream to fill that <laughs> void, dieting's not going to fix that. <laughs> No. And that's what I think a lot of people think that, you know, if I lose weight, then I can find a boyfriend or a girlfriend or, Mm -hmm. you know, a partner, then I'll find love. Yeah. And and we do this thing where instead of allowing ourselves to feel those negative emotions that our mm -hmm. current circumstances are bringing us, 
Um, we just buffer with social media, food, drugs. We fixate on dieting and exercise in the shape of our bodies as mm-hmm. a solution to our problems. And honestly, like it is so much easier to think about like my weekly meal plan and what I'm going to eat to lose weight than to yeah. think about how I am going to get a job that I don't hate. Right. Yeah. It is. Seems simpler. Because <laughs> you can control that. You can control like what you put in your mouth and you control yeah. control like, you know, your meal planning and mm-hmm. but yeah. it's hard to your job. Yeah. Yeah. And so we kind of we do it's this thing harder. where we fixate on weight loss as if it's gonna fix everything. Yeah. Um and so because we view losing fat as the key to fixing all of our problems, we carry a lot of assumptions about fat people. And you'll notice that I am saying fat people because um, we'll talk about this later, that fat is not a put down, right? Fat, mm-hmm. is just, fat is just fat. And now is not the time to say that you don't judge other people because of <laughs> course you do. You're a human, and that is the way your brain works. You judge. <laughs> yeah. We have been taught to judge people with a large amount of body fat as less than human, and that's just the truth. Um, you know, it's, it's even hard to say it, right? But like when we – the way that we've characterized anybody who is large, right? They're lazy, unmotivated. They eat too much fast food. They eat too much. They're unhealthy slobs. They're sick. They have no willpower. They're leeches on society. They make excuses, right? Yeah, and I feel like we um, we have these assumptions about them that you know we just see a fat person, we assume things that just aren't true. Yeah, and it's just you know from beliefs that we've been given over Mm -hmm. time. Yeah, yeah, and they're usually really far from the truth. Mm -hmm. Now it's really easy to think about people in that way. And since that's how they're portrayed in the media so often and how they're talked about in like smaller circles and in whispers, right? Like, oh, like don't say it out loud, right? But there's something wrong with them. And it's terrible. Yeah. If they're fat, then there must be something wrong. There's something wrong, right? And not only is this an unfair judgment on others, but the way we talk about them, that's the way we usually talk about ourselves. And... So one of the things that I realized over the year, if I notice there's a change in my body shape, then I start thinking of myself as lazy, unmotivated, that I eat too much junk food, I eat too much, I have no willpower, I'm unhealthy, and I'm a slob. And that's also nowhere near the truth, right? And I always feel like this is, this is such an interesting one, right? Because We've, we've used fat as like this derogatory term. So how, Kisa, how do you feel if someone calls you fat? <laughs> I would be completely offended. Right? I would be like, what? Like, I'd probably like go home and look at myself in the mirror and like look at all the fat on my body and be like really self-conscious. I think it would be like self-conscious. Yeah, like that. self-conscious. Oh, they, oh, there must yeah. be something wrong. They just yeah. they notice something that's going, right? Like, oh, fat is a bad thing, right? Mm-hmm. And I know oh, if somebody, for sure. If somebody called me fat in my life, my response would usually be like anger, right? They use such a a, a terrible, callous put down, like the worst, most shameful descriptor. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I thought no one should ever call someone fat, right? No, Mm -hmm. like they were what I, especially if they weren't fat, right? Like if you called somebody who was thinner fat, like terrible. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And so that's the first, you know, response that I used to have. And then two was shame. 
right? As a human being, I did in fact, and always will have fat on my body. And sometimes when somebody called me fat, I would be so ashamed of my inability to get rid of it. Mm -hmm. And I was so ashamed of having those characteristics of fat people, right? All of those things that we talked about before. It's really something to think about, Mm -hmm. right? If, If fat is just a thing that we all have, (laughs) <laughs> on our bodies. Yeah. Why do we use it as such a um such a derogatory term? And you know, so one of the things um hopefully can be a takeaway from today is, you know, let's stop using the word fat as a put down. Let's start using the word fat to describe exactly what it is. Um, uh, you know, either a type of food or a type of cell on your body, a very necessary piece of your body. And then mm-hmm. also there's a whole movement of people who are larger who would prefer to just call themselves fat and to take that term back. Um, and if you're interested in learning more about that, there's a lot of people um, on Instagram is where I find most of like the body positivity, body neutrality, you know, go, go follow those people and see how people are reclaiming that term because fat is not a derogatory. It's not a derogatory term. Right. Um, so, for as long as I can remember, whenever I looked in the mirror, I used to like pinch my stomach. Case I don't know if you used to do this, right? Like pinch my oh. stomach, flex my muscles in the mirror. <laughs> yeah. Like try to, I like try to make abs. I, you can't see me if you're just listening to the podcast. If you're on the video, you do like that, like C shape, right? Like try to make the abs pop out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Like wish for everything to be smooth and focus on all the right. soft spots or the flaws. Mm-hmm. Um, and last year, one of my goals was just to have the decision, um, to have the mindset that I would just do the work, excuse me, that would get me to a slim body, right? So to just get to my goal weight mm-hmm. and it worked, right? Some of, some of the work that I've been doing over the years is working on the way that I'm thinking and how it's creating the way I feel and how it's affecting, you know, what I do. And so getting the results that I want. And so mm-hmm. that was great. Um, at some point I started reading about intuitive eating and of course I just kind of had to see where it would take me. You know, mm-hmm. I'm always up for a challenge. I'm like, Oh shoot. Okay. Mm-hmm. Intuitive eating, if you're not familiar is basically listening to your body to understand what and how much to eat. Yeah. Um, and it's often a way to undo the years of controlling and ignoring and start paying attention to what your hunger feels like and what your body needs. So I started to, you know, I started to follow the intuitive eating um, guidelines and I started to really get in touch with the fear that I have of weight gain. Because mm-hmm. um, for a, many years now, right, like I've been really happy. I, there was a lot of years that I was really depressed and I started to do a lot of this work and coaching. And um, so I've been really happy for the last couple of years and thought that I loved my body. I would have told you like, I'll love my body no matter what. <laughs> But I did love my body as long as it fit into certain criteria. Yeah. And as soon as the scale started to move or some of my pants didn't fit well, I will tell you I did not love my body. And to be honest, I, like, I've always had a hard time loving my arms, except for like a brief period of time when I was crossfitting and my arms were really muscular. And I have, I think, one picture where I can look at my arms and say, like, oh, my arms look really good. It's that deadlift picture of you and me, Mary. <laughs> It's a hilarious picture. But it's amazing. <laughs> right? But the truth is I wasn't really loving my body. 
but right. the love I had was, and often still is, you know, this is, this is a really deep one. It's conditional. As long as you look like this or act like this, I love you. And as soon as you look like this or act like that, I will think terrible things about you. Mm-hmm. And why, right? What is it about fat that I'm so afraid of? Yeah, Mary, I can totally relate to this. And, you know, I'm sure that many of our listeners can relate as well. Uh, many of us have conditional love when it comes to loving or accepting our bodies. And years and years of this behavior can be hard to get past. And I think that, you know, understanding the importance of body fat from a biological standpoint can help us learn to accept the fat on our body as necessary and not bad. Yeah. You know, when I started looking at my body from a viewpoint of facts, it helped me to understand and accept my body the way it was and knowing that there's things there and they serve a purpose and they're important. Um, So Mary, you know, talk to us a little bit about, you know, like what is the importance of fat on our body? Like, why do we need it? Yeah. I, I am so fascinated. I don't know if uh, any of the listeners have taken like a um, anatomy and physiology class, but (laughs) the things that go on in our bodies are like super fascinating. Like it's a miracle that yeah. We're doing anything right now. Like it is insanity what's going on in there. Yeah. And so when we talk about fat, right, in humans, adipose tissue, which is its technical term, right? Mm-hmm. It's usually it's located beneath the skin, which is our subcutaneous fat. It is around our internal organs, which is our visceral fat. It's in our bone marrow, which is yellow bone marrow, and it's intermuscular. So it's in our muscular system. And of course, it's in our boobs, in our breast tissue, (laughs) right? Fat has small blood vessels. It's actually like it's its its own little organ. You know, it just doesn't live on its own separate from everything else. It's connected. Mm -hmm. Um, And in the integumentary system, which includes the skin, it accumulates in the deepest level. So it provides insulation from heat and cold. Around our organs, it provides padding, right? It's protective of all like your liver, your kidneys. It's super important there. Um, Its main function is to be a reserve of lipids, right? So it's meant to be a reserve of energy. So it protects us from all of the excess glucose. It stores triglycerides produced by the liver from sugars. And um, basically under normal conditions, fat provides basic feedback for hunger and diet to the brain. It's like your fat is a part of your whole system. So that's a lot of sciencey words to say that fat is not the enemy. It is a part of our body's systems, it protects our organs, it provides insulation, it provides protective padding, and it gives us feedback loops about hunger and hormones, which is super important. And so it becomes a real problem when we fixate on body size as the issue. When we're told obesity is the enemy, you know, that's where we aim our weapons, right? Like whatever, wherever the enemy is, that's what we attack. And so we end up fighting our own stomachs instead of caring for ourselves, which is really sad. Yeah. Um, So I want to offer five different ways to evaluate your health that don't have to do with the fat on your body or the number on the scale, because there's Mm -hmm. lots of ways to determine whether or not you're feeling healthy. Mm-hmm. So these are our five tips, right? So number one, what are your physical capabilities? 
So how do you feel when you walk around, when you take the stairs, when you do a workout, right? Can you park further away and not be out of breath when you get to the grocery store, right? Like how are you feeling physically um, when you do activities? Um, two, another way that you can determine your health is, you know, are you having physical symptoms? Do you have headaches, um, joint pain, a bloated stomach? For me, you know, thinking back instead of focusing on my weight, you know, really looking at my migraines was a big issue. Mm-hmm. You know, I had migraines when I was doing things a certain way and my migraines started to reduce when things were differently. And then um, another physical symptom for me was just like this general brain fog where I felt really exhausted and fatigued all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's a really you know, easy way for me to figure out that I was not feeling at my best, right? Something was going wrong because I was yeah. feeling this way. Um, number three, enjoyment of life. <laughs> That's just a good question. Are yeah, you enjoying your life most of the time? Do you hate your job? Is your relationship healthy? Right? <laughs> Do you yell at your kids all of the time? Do you have fun ever? You know, I think um, sometimes, again, we focus on weight loss, like losing weight is going to make us happy. And it's like, well, are there things you can do in your life to create more enjoyment first? Yeah. Without having to lose weight. Mm-hmm. Like if you took weight loss out of the equation. Yeah. Like how could you just make your life better right now? Or enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be great. Number four is just to like evaluate the blocks, right? Is there anything about your health that's keeping you from reaching your goals? Um, I, when I first moved to Hawaii, I did, I wanted to be able to run again. And one of my physical symptoms was that my, my joints hurt too bad. My knees were in a lot of pain and I had, um, plantar fasciitis in my foot because I wasn't taking care of myself. Right. And so, you know, if I could look at that, like I need to lose weight or it's like, okay, I, I want to take care of myself so that I can reduce my joint pain and I can feel good enough to be able to start running again. Yeah. Um, and our last um, evaluation would be the wheel of life. Yes, love the wheel of life. I've heard of it as like the circle of life. Um, the wheel of life is a self-assessment tool that helps you evaluate different areas of your life, such as your career, movement, finances, creativity, and education. Um, these are components that contribute to your health and well-being that have nothing to do with your BMI or how much you weigh. Mm-hmm. Um, so by using this tool, you can see, you know, what areas you can improve to help improve your overall well-being. And we'll share the Wheel of Life in the show notes. Yeah, I love the Wheel of Life, yeah. right? Because, you know, weight is just one tiny little aspect yeah, of our yeah. wellness. Alrighty, friends. That's all we've got for you today. Thank you for being awesome as always and listening in. Definitely tune into our next episode where we talk about what happens when you stop eating sugar. Fascinating Ooh. stuff. Yeah. Um, if you'd like to know more about us and if you have any questions or comments, head on over to our dedicated Facebook group. And then you can also contact me at my website at maryelisepreston.com or Kisa at her website at kisaamaro.com. And that's K-E-Y-S-A-A-M-A-R-O.com. 
And friends, if you know someone who you think would benefit from the information shared on our podcast, please share this episode with them. We want to extend our message to and support as many people as possible, and we need your help to get our message out. We would greatly appreciate your help in reaching out to people who could benefit from our podcast. And if you enjoy the show, we'd love it if you would leave us an honest review on iTunes. Simply go to iTunes and search for the podcast page, hit the tab for ratings and reviews, and click on write a review. That helps us become more searchable in the iTunes algorithms. Yeah. Super helpful. All right, friends. (laughs) We will see you on the next show. Goodbye. Bye. Jazz hands. Jazz hands. (laughs)